0: You're listening to Post Perspective's Meet the Artist podcast, sponsored by Puget Systems. Hi, I'm Randy Altman, and welcome to our latest edition of Post Perspective's Meet the Artist podcast. For this issue, Ian Blair sat down with director Francis Lawrence to talk about directing his latest Hunger Games film, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. We hope you enjoy.
1: Prequels and sequels are notoriously tricky you know, to huge hits. Um, how did you approach this, and what sort of film did you set out to make?
0: Um, I, you know, I, I have to say that, you know, prequels and sequels are tricky. Um, the thing that was exciting to me was that, you know, A, I didn't think there were going to be any other books. Suzanne was not planning on them, and surprised both Nina and I with a new book in 2019. Um, but when I read it, I just loved the story. I loved that it was its like its own object. Um, it helps inform the other movies. It sort of helps sell the origins of a lots of things from the other movies and stories we love. But the truth is, is for even people who haven't seen the other movies or read the other books, it's just a big standalone piece. Um, and I fell in love with that. And I fell in love with telling the origin story of a villain. Um, because I love those kinds of stories and there's also challenges with you know dramatizing that in in an appropriate way and getting an audience behind somebody that knows he's gonna end up bad in the end Um, and so that was what really excited me. So I
1: assume you had to start integrating post and all the visual effects day one right? Yes. So what was entailed?
0: Um, Well, one of the things that I wanted to do, um, you know, the movie that I did before this had a lot of visual effects and a lot of, like, virtual environments where we were shooting plenty on green screen stages and all of that. And I knew I did not want to do that. I really don't like doing that. I didn't want to do it again. Um, And so I set out with Uli Hanisch, our uh, production designer, to figure out how to make this world as believable and as authentic as possible. And therefore, we wanted to shoot primarily on location. Um, we did. We built one set, which is really the apartment. Everything else was shot on location. But we knew to make it feel the way we wanted to feel, we were going to have to you know, do some augmentation physically in person to those sets. But we were also going to have to do some digital augmentation. So a lot of my conversations with Adrian DeVetta, Visual effects supervisor was about that look and that feel, and adding cityscape in the background, extending buildings, creating damage where there was no damage, and, and age, and sometimes artistic, oh. aesthetic, you know, extra sort of design to things.
1: I know from talking to you before on other films, uh, you're not really big on storyboards, I think, but I seem on this, you had a storyboard and pre a lot of the action scenes. And,
0: yeah, I mean, in general, I don't storyboard the whole movie. Um, typically, what I'll do is for anything that is very technical um, or is going to need a lot of visual effects, I will board and do previs and sometimes video viz for things. Um, but in general, I don't like do storyboards front to back no. for an in, for an entire movie.
1: But you did a lot of previs on this.
0: I did a few sequences yeah. of previs. Yeah, there's a few sort of technical sequences. Like um, what? Uh, one is uh, the scene with the snakes in the arena. Oh and yeah. Another one is a scene with a drone drone right. attack in the arena, and I think there was oh another one is there's a b- big bombing that happens before the game starts. Right. And so we wanted to make sure we knew how we were going to tackle all those pieces.
1: A uh, quick comment about the look that you and Joe went for. I, mean, I think the film looked beautiful. Actually, oh great, Thank visually you. beautiful. Um, what did you shoot it on? What cameras?
0: Uh, we shot it on the Alexa, um, a mixture of cameras, but primarily what I've fallen in love with recently is using the the large format Alexas with the big sixty five millimeter right. sensor. Um, that I really really like. I like the shallower depth of field. It's like shooting large format film. You get the shallower depth of field. I tend to use wide lenses, the wider lenses with that sensor also. Do less warping than normal, so you get you know you can get the camera really close to people, but still have a real sense of geography right. and space.
1: How tough was the shoot, considering it was all location?
0: Um, in general, it was actually quite fun. I mean, really? we were scheduled really well. Um, it was not the most technical of shoots that I've done. I've done things that are far trickier technically than this movie. Um, but primarily, it was like it was great to be in these locations, to have a plan in place, to know what we're doing, to have the right amount of time to do what we wanted to do. Um, we actually ended a, a day, finished a day early, um, which is, you know, I think a rarity in our business. Unheard of. Yes. <laughs> um, so it was good. What's the matter with you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay.
1: um, let's get on to posts. Where did you do all the posts, and give me some details? I mean, was it specifically at one place, or?
0: Um, Well, we edited um, on Sunset Boulevard. We used to be on the west side all the time and traffic has just gotten too bad over there. So we moved it to to the more West Hollywood um, and did uh, use the same building and sort of the same kind of floor and offices that I did my last movie in um, and used the same team that I've been working with a lot recently, which is really nice. And then the visual effects were actually sort of spread out Um, On the last job, we actually discovered a lot of people in a lot of different countries. You know, there's like some Danish people and Swedish people and, you know, some amazing companies that do great work. Um, And so we really farmed out a lot of the visual effects to many, many um, companies.
1: Right. So once again, you edited with Mark. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've done so many things with him. So did he come on set at all?
0: No, you know, it was, um, he worked entirely remotely. Right. Um, that started with um, my previous movie because we were still in a COVID lockdown. And so there was no reason for him to be in Toronto when I was doing that movie. And we just got used to working remotely. Um, I didn't used to be a fan of doing it. Um, the pandemic forced me into, do, into doing it. And so then we continued with that in um, when we were in Berlin and Poland, he works from, from home. And I would work in Europe and then if he would send me scenes and, you know, I might spend a day or two looking at scenes and then sort of send him notes.
1: Right. So what were the main editing challenges on this?
0: Um, I think the biggest challenge, honestly, was length. We had a very, you know, it was a very long book. We had a very long Mm. script and getting it down, I think the first assembly was, you know, maybe four hours and ten minutes or something. Um, you know, that's with everything in it. Uh, and so just going down and getting it down, 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 down to the, you know, the length that it is now. Right. You're listening to Post Perspectives Meet the Artist podcast, sponsored by Puget Systems.
1: Was your uh, BFX super? It was Adrian, right? Yes. Hope, was he on set?
0: Uh, he was on set for some of it, yes. Yeah. So we had a local guy that was with us there the whole time, and then sometimes Adrian. Um, And his visual effects uh, producer Eve was also there sometimes. So during really big, complicated moments, um, Adrian was around. Was he there for the snakes? He was there for the snakes, (laughs) and he was there for the bombing, and yes, for some of the tougher stuff, yes.
1: What what were the toughest effects to pull off in the end?
0: Um, I think the snakes were the toughest effects, and not the toughest necessarily to shoot, but it was just Mm. the toughest to make sure that we got the look of the snakes right, and especially because the environment's so dusty and dirty, that the the dust interaction, the interaction with pebbles and rocks, the, the movement, animation, the continuity... Making sure they're not too anthropomorphized, you know, that they feel like real snakes, all that kind of stuff was right. uh, that was tricky to get.
1: I thought the soundtrack and the sound generally was really good. Yeah. Which, and you pay a lot of attention to that, don't you?
0: I do. Yeah. I mean, you know, I started a process on my second movie, on *I Am Legend*, where Jeremy Pearson, who's the sound designer I've worked with since then, right. Um, He he actually worked on my first movie, too, but really became the primary sound design person that I work with, starting with I Am Legend. We bring him in almost at the very beginning of editorial. So once I'm done with the movie, I give usually the editor two weeks to sort of finish up the assembly and get everything together. And around the time I start coming in, Jeremy comes in, sets up his room, so that as we make it through reels, you know, 20-minute chunks of the movie, we start to feed it to him. So he gets a lot of time to develop the sound, to do his first passes at things and develop ideas. And it helps lead toward test screenings, to showing people the movie. Um, but it gets us away from this idea that we're sort of finishing the movie, and then we give it to him. And you know, the sound designer now has right. four weeks or something to come up with what the sound of the movie is. Now he has months and months and months to keep going over everything.
1: Right. So where would you do the mix?
0: Uh, we usually do the mix at Warner Brothers because yeah. Jeremy is sort of affiliated with them and uses those stages, but we had a slight shift in schedule and we ended up mixing at Sony, which was my first time mixing at Sony. Usually I've mixed everything at at Warner's. Um, right. But the the result was fantastic.
1: Yeah, I mean it's a great room. Isn't yes. It? Yeah. Um, where did you do the DI? Okay.
0: The D.I. Company 3. Okay, and who was the colorist? Dave Hussey. So Dave Hussey um, and I go way back to the the music video days. Um, And he, geez, I mean, since the late 90s, he and I have been working together. And then he did my first movie.
1: Constantine.
0: Constantine, yeah. And then I sort of switched because I started working with some DPs that had other colorists they liked. And Andrew Lesney, who shot I Am Legend, um, worked with Yvonne, who used to be at a company called E-Film. And Mm. then Rodrigo used Yvonne, who worked at E-Film. And Yo, I think, worked with Yvonne once on one of the Catching Fires. And then Yo and I made the decision, let's go back to Dave, the guy we know and love, and that we used to use all the time. And so we've, from then on, have been using Dave Hussey.
1: Give us a bit about working on the DI. I mean, do you leave it up to Yo, or are you pretty involved in?
0: I'm pretty involved. I mean, I've always been involved even from the music video days with the color and the look of the things that I'm working on. The way the process works now has kind of changed, especially in shooting digital for me, because I have so many conversations with you ahead of time. And then because when we're shooting, we, you know, we have the dit and he's actually showing me samples of color of what we're doing. And so we can have some discussions right there while he's making the samples that inform what the dailies are. Right. So we have a direction already. Um, so usually what I let happen now is because all those, those conversations with Yo funnel into Yo doing his first pass of the movie. And honestly, sometimes the first pass at the movie in, in terms of Final colour ends up being a teaser or a trailer. So you take that footage; it gets cut into the teaser trailer. Um, Yo goes in, works with Dave on that. I get to see the direction. I can maybe pull back or say this is a little too dark, or um, you know, or making the tunnels like when we shot it, it looked like the tunnels were sort of lit more warmly, but now in the final, it feels more sort of cool and fluorescent. Um, you know, we we have all those discussions, so. It's really Yo and, and Dave, and then I come in and kind of supervise and make, like, little adjustments and, right. and tweaks where, but, you know, if I want Tom's eyes to be bluer or right. the rose to be uh, more neutral white or whatever it is.
1: But fair to say the overall look is baked in when you're shooting all it's those. pretty close yeah
0: it's pretty close I think what yo did that I really liked um, now was you know we wanted a grittier feel you know it, this is a period piece to the other movies and we wanted it to be a bit grittier We've never really added grain. so what we did was we went for a slightly darker, slightly contrastier look and then Yo went in and kind of added some grain and he was restrained. he didn't go too heavy, but we wanted it to have um, some bite, the movie to have some bite and Yo really added to that and that was not actually part of our initial conversation,
1: right. So did it turn out the way you kind of envisioned? Yeah it? yeah, yeah it did.
0: yeah in fact, it looks better than I thought sort of uh, it would from the very beginning.
1: So what's next for you? I mean, is there going to be another prequel?
0: Uh, I don't know. It's up, it's up to Suzanne. If Suzanne writes another book, I would love to, to be a part of it. Um, but we always we wait we wait for Suzanne. Yeah.
1: And do you have other projects on the back? Yeah, there's
0: other projects. We got held up because of the strikes. Yeah. Um, I was hoping that we would be further along before the writer's strike started on certain projects that we could start like doing soft prep, research, that kind of stuff but we just never quite got far enough with any of our projects. So we were right. on hold for a while. We're back in you know, heavy development on things, and I should know by the beginning of the year what, what the next thing is.
1: Great. Well, thank you for your time, Francis.
0: Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Post Perspectives Meet the Artist podcast, sponsored by Puget Systems. For more information, please visit pugetsystems.com.